Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, my sweet friends. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I hope you're having a day focused on what you can do to move in the direction of your goals. Today's podcast will definitely help you with that. Just a little backstory. I, for those of you that are newer to the show, I was a legitimate chronic dieter. And I know that many of you listening have the same background and that many of you are still in that chronic dieting yo-yo cycle, looking for meal plans, looking for food lists, looking for the perfect set of rules that will allow you to lose weight. I get it. That yo-yo, that on and off dieting strategy thing didn't work for me. It doesn't work for most people. And I found that incredibly frustrating. I followed the rules and worked hard in school and got ahead. I followed the rules and worked hard in my career and I got ahead. And I was working so hard and following a bazillion rules, but weight loss wasn't getting easier for me. In fact, it was probably getting harder and it was taking up more and more and more of my mental energy, of my emotional energy, And unfortunately, it took me a couple of decades to realize that I was following rules that I could follow for a short term, but I couldn't follow for the long term. It's like, can you get out of debt if you're willing to live in a tent and only eat grass? Yeah, you probably can. But are you willing to live in that tent and only eat grass for the rest of your life? I'm not. So if that was my financial strategy... I could probably only expect to really be successful in the short term for as long as I was living in the tent and eating grass. But as soon as I left, I wouldn't have the skills necessary to maintain the success that I achieved when I was living in the tent and only eating grass, right? And that is the same scenario with these dieting rules. If you are following rules that you constantly want to break, that you don't want to maintain forever, they are not the right strategies for you. So I decided to make my own rules. It was, I got to a point of just sheer frustration and you know what? I'm not going to keep living like this. I'm doing it a different way. I decided that I needed to stop making fat loss and health about somebody else's plan, anybody else's plan, and instead take that time and energy and effort and novel idea, pay attention to what works for me, for my unique body. The kind of strategies that I wouldn't resist, that I wouldn't hate, that would allow me to enjoy my life, to be happy, to be social, to enjoy food, to get results and, new for me, maintain them. I was so tired of busting my butt 
and getting results only to put the weight back on, right? It was such a waste of time and energy, and it really did a lot of damage to my metabolism along the way, making it harder and harder and harder to make progress. Here's where I struggled, though, and I know that this is where a lot of people get stuck. I knew very well what was not working the next diet, the 21-day this, the 30-day that, the 90-day this, the detox, jumpstart, whatever. I knew what didn't work, but I didn't know what would work. And I was really afraid, even though now I see that this was really an irrational fear, but I was very afraid of just not having a plan because I felt like the absence of a plan meant that I would just eat everything and anything and my weight would balloon, I know that that's the fear of many of you, but let me let me just touch on that fear for one second, right? I was at a point where I was more afraid of missing out on life, of missing out on my potential if I didn't change. Because the reality was to fear change and fear, oh my gosh, well, if I don't have a specific plan that somebody else's plan, I don't know what I will do and my weight will take off. Well, are you in control of it now? And for me, I wasn't, right? I wasn't in control doing the crazy dieting strategies. So worst case scenario, if I wasn't in control trying to pay attention to what did work for me, worst case scenario, it's in that zero. I'm, I wasn't in control before. Worst case scenario, I'm just not in control then because I was in this cycle of strict pursuit of these crazy rules and then total and complete abandon, eat whatever I want, wherever I want, as much as I want, and then Finnegan begin again, right? So if I kept doing what I was doing, psyching myself up for another diet, going all crazy about it, quitting, blowing it, beating myself up, psyching myself up again, if I kept doing that, then I would never get anywhere. So if what you're doing isn't working, you have to change. And you're probably thinking, I know, I know, I know. But do you really know? If you know, you will change. Otherwise, you're just using I know, I know, I need to change. You're using that as a way of not having to open your mind. That is the equivalent of saying, yeah, 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 right? Drop the defenses and open your mind. If you aren't doing anything about changing your strategy, then you don't know, right? If you know that your approach, your strategies, your way of doing things isn't working like the way that I knew that the things I was doing, the energy I was investing, the time I was putting into it wasn't working, be open to change. Because if you're not open to change, you'll stay right here. And then the worst case scenario is that it's net zero, right? That ditching the dieting approach doesn't work. So you're in the same place you are now, not a worse place. Because what you're doing right now is up and down, yo-yo, forward, backward, right? So what I'll ask is this. I'm going to just describe for you guys what was for me and continues to be for me a far more intelligent, balanced, joyful, and exponentially more effective approach it has been for, for many, many, many of my clients as well as I help them figure out their own strategies. My ask is that you'll be open-minded, right? I can't tell you what your approach is, but I can share mine. And what I ask is that you don't listen to this going, yeah, but what about I can't, da, da, da. just listen, just be open-minded. If you listen arguing for, oh no, if I did that, then this, how do you know? 
And is what you're doing working? And if what you're doing is working, then fantastic, skip this episode, for real. But if it's not, and you want something more, something better for your life, I hope that you'll listen with an open mind. So I'm going to share with you, I think, seven or eight um, different strategies that are my anti-diet fat loss strategies, strategies for improving my health, for losing weight, really when I transitioned away from the yo-yo dieting model or the everybody else's plan model and what has been most helpful for me in doing so. And the first is no short-term strategies. No short-term strategies. I say this over and over, short-term strategies deliver short-term results and I refuse, totally refuse, to work hard for temporary results. My time and energy are too valuable. Think about it. You know, if we look at this from a business standpoint, not from a weight loss or health or fitness standpoint, this is like the people who pay for followers on social media to get big numbers, but those followers never interact, right? So then everything they do is diluted, doesn't matter as much because they, they employed a short-term strategy that, that really wasn't based on the long-term result that they want. And so many of us do the equivalent of that with dieting. We take on these short-term strategies, 21 days, you know, 30 days, 90 days, as long as you can until you lose your mind and eat two baskets of chips at the Mexican restaurant, whatever it is. Short-term strategies deliver short-term results, and I don't want you working hard for temporary. I'm not going to. My time and energy are too valuable. Am I willing to have two mediocre, at best, protein shakes for two meals each day for the rest of my life? No. Will I love that strategy and look forward to every meal and not feel like I'm missing out? No. Am I willing to completely cut out fruit and starch and never have them again? Is that something that I'm willing to sustain? No. Am I willing to measure or count or weigh everything that passes my lips every single day without exception? No. So that's how I evaluate strategies. Can I do this for the rest of my life? Do I want to do this for the rest of my life? So I am not going to follow a meal plan, a food list, a restrictive strategy, a burdensome workout plan. None of it. I eat in a way that works with my lifestyle, right? That doesn't stress me out. That doesn't leave me feeling deprived or like I can't enjoy social situations or holidays. When I see an approach or a strategy or I hear about a friend having great success with XYZ, that's the question I ask. Am I willing to do that for the rest of my life? Would I enjoy eating that way or working out that way for the rest of my life? The other part of this for me is taking an honest look at what strategies I have continuously employed that don't work for me. And here are just some of the ones that didn't work for me. It doesn't mean they don't work for you, but part of me evaluating what I will do and what I won't do is looking at, well, what have I done consistently that hasn't worked for me? One of those things was predetermining a weight loss timeline. Like if I lose two pounds a week for X weeks, I'll be down XYZ pounds by such and such date. That didn't work for me. And it put too much time and energy on the result that was taking away from the time and energy I needed to invest in action. So that was something that didn't work for me. Another thing that didn't work for me was deciding that certain foods were totally off limits. You cannot have X. That didn't didn't work for me. And it's not necessary for me. Or designing a super strict plan for rapid weight loss. Like if I only eat this, this, and this at these times for this long, 
No, that never worked for me. Spending more energy on the plan and the time frame than on the work required to get the results that I want, that didn't work for me. So I only do what works, and what works are long-term strategies, not short-term strategies. So I review everything in the light of, can I do this for the rest of my life? Do I want to do this for the rest of my life? If this is some short-term detox jump start, no, mm-mm, not for me, not for me. The second anti-diet strategy that's been super important for me is no bashing. No bashing. And what I mean is no bashing myself, no putting myself down. And this is going to be a major stretch for many of you, and it has been for me. I will no longer argue for my limitations and put myself down. No longer will I say, I'm the fat girl. No more. I'm not motivated. I'm an emotional eater. I have huge legs. I hate my arms. I can't. Because I understand that I move in the direction of my focus. And for most of my life, my behavior reflected the person I was defining myself as with my thoughts and my words. Your behavior will reflect the person that you are defining yourself to be with your thoughts and your words. And I've shared this before, but it's really major, right? I struggled so much with how am I so motivated and disciplined in my work and in my finances, but not with food or weight loss? Like, what what is it? Why am I able to crush my goals in other areas, but not this one? Well, maybe it had something to do with the fact that I actually believed I was good at my job and I actually believed I was good at money. And maybe, just maybe, if I was telling myself that I suck at my job and that I'd be broke forever, maybe I wouldn't be so successful in those arenas, right? This is what I was telling myself at the time a few years ago. But this is still one I practice every single day. I am not perfect here. See, I used self-deprecating humor for my whole life. But what that meant was I was constantly making jokes about being the fat girl. So I was basically defining myself as the fat girl, my behavior reflecting how I was defining myself. I believed that I was fat and gross and disgusting. My pictures horrified me. And so because that was that self-deprecating humor in particular was a real habit, a real deeply ingrained defense mechanism, it's something I still work to overcome. I know you guys hear me make those jokes, um, and, and it's something that I become more aware of every single day. The more I practice, the more work I do on it, the more improvements that I make, it translates into automatically when I am saying more kind things to myself and less hurtful things to myself, it translates into more intensity in my workouts, more happiness, better food choices. The less I obsess about food, the less desire I have to overeat. So I talk to myself and about myself as the person I want to be. I focus on the things that I love. It doesn't mean that I'm not tempted at times to beat myself up. It doesn't mean that I don't catch myself thinking deprecating thoughts, right? I've been way bigger than I am now, but I've also been smaller, right? I will always have things I want to improve about my body. And when I catch myself being negative, thinking that I don't like my arms or my legs, I redirect it. I'm actually beautiful. I'm actually healthy. I'm strong. And whatever it is that I'm not happy with today, I have the power to change. And that is a gift. So we need to really focus on redirecting our attention and no longer allowing the negative thoughts to dominate 
our focus, right? We have to do the work on the mindset to really help the work and the food and the fitness be as strong and as powerful and as forward moving as it can be. The negativity, the bashing, the putting yourself down, it does not work. The third anti-diet strategy is that I eat foods I love that love me back. I eat foods I love that love me back. And this is pretty much the opposite of my dieting approach to food. I would only eat foods that were most likely to lead to fat loss, right? Unless I wasn't eating those foods and I was eating anything but those foods, right? Then I'd eat anything that wasn't nailed down because I was hungry or deprived or both. I had it so deeply ingrained in my head for a million reasons that we're not going to get into in this episode. I had it so deeply ingrained in my head that enjoying food was bad, that enjoying food was part of the problem, that the reason I was overweight was because I enjoyed food too much. That's not true. And what it meant was that I associated trying to get healthy, trying to lose weight with not being able to enjoy food. So I perpetually felt like I was missing out. I was perpetually thinking about all the indulgences and all the treats that were off limits that I couldn't have. And then after some period of time of restriction, whether an hour or a day or a week or a month, I would find myself face first and elbow deep in those very foods. But guys, loving food, appreciating food is not what leads to weight problems or food problems. I think that a bigger part of it is not loving food enough. And I know that there are a lot of confused and skeptical listeners out there, but bear with me. I wish I could use the analogy on this one that I use with some of my clients, but I think it's too crass for this forum, so I'll have to be a little bit creative. Let's think about it this way. You love hugs, okay? Hypothetically, like giving somebody a hug, receiving a hug, you love that. But that doesn't mean that just any hug will do. You don't walk up to a stranger on the street and just like wrap your arms around them. You don't hop over the counter at the grocery store to hug the checkout guy. You don't see every warm body as somebody to hug, right? Because you want the hug from somebody you care about. Not just any hug will do, but we don't have that same respect and discretion with food. Sometimes we're just cheap and easy with food and anything will do. That's not about loving food. That's not a problem because you just love food so much that you'll take any of it. No, that is about not having enough love, not having enough respect for food. That is about not being selective, not loving your food enough, not loving yourself enough. I say all the time to my clients, I really believe this, embrace your inner food snob. Find foods you love. Only eat foods that are totally, totally, totally worth it. Enjoy everything you eat. Don't just eat something because it's there. That's like hopping over the freaking belt at the grocery store to be like, give me a hug, buddy. No, that's not what you want, right? Pay attention to the foods that love you back and which ones don't, right? Part of this is being a food snob, but the other is what foods make you feel really great? afterwards and while you're eating. A food that doesn't love you back might be one you feel bad about afterwards, or it might make you crave more food, or it might decrease your energy or upset your stomach, or it might not satisfy your hunger. But I want you to really focus on eating foods you love, asking yourself, is this worth it? On a scale of one to 10, how would I rate this? And I'm only gonna eat things that are an eight or a nine or a 10. 
So many times I'll look at something and in the past it would have been like, oh, food, like French fries, right? There's French fries on the table and like, who can say no to French fries? But now I might try one and it's just like, it's just an average fry. Well, I don't need that. Like if I'm going to have a French fry, it is going to be a really amazing French fry. Not like just a blah, magoo kind of like, man, it's just another French fry. Eat food you love that loves you back. Food you love, you really enjoy. You should enjoy every single thing you eat. If you don't love that protein shake, stop. Love your food and focus on foods that love you back. The fourth of these anti-diet strategies is that I pay attention. I pay attention to my body. My dieting strategy was very different from this. When I was dieting, I was paying attention to everything other than myself. I was paying attention to every opinion on the planet about fat loss and every plan on the planet about fat loss. I was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole to follow the latest and greatest rules, no matter how it made me feel. It didn't matter if I was starving. It didn't matter if I had no energy. It didn't matter if I was grumpy. Follow the rules. I had no idea what foods satisfied me most or least. I had no idea what foods triggered cravings and what foods reduced them. I had no idea when I had the most energy or the least energy or when I was in the best mood or the worst. I could tell you everything about every diet though. Everything about every diet, but nothing about myself. Total nightmare. So I started paying attention to me. Writing down what I ate, how it made me feel, how my body responded, what results I got or didn't get. Every single day, I am on a quest to understand me better, my body better, what works best for me and what doesn't, because it's always changing, because I'm always changing. Right now, one of the things I'm paying very close attention to, just to show you that this goes beyond food, it goes beyond workouts, right now I'm really trying to learn what manages my stress level the most. Does sleep have the greatest impact? Like as long as I'm getting this much sleep, but if I get less, that's when my stress response is the most vulnerable. Or is it working out? Or is it working less? I don't want to read about stress management. I want to pay attention to what works for me and what doesn't work as well. I now know what foods and in what quantities generate the most results for me. I know what foods trigger cravings, what foods satisfy me, what foods don't, what's worth it, what's not. I now know how much exercise is too much for me, but I also know the point at which if I'm not exercising, I'll have less energy. And that's all because I started paying attention to me as opposed to everything around me. And I won't ever stop. I will always be paying attention. The fifth anti-diet strategy is I keep my eyes on my own work. This is one I have to reinforce with my fat loss fast track clients pretty much every day. And I understand why. But you know what doesn't matter to me at all? At all. How my results compare to somebody else's. But for years and years and years, I was always watching like, oh, what's she doing? What's he doing? How did they get those results? What do you eat? What do you, how do you work out? What do you think is the latest in the grit? No. Mm -mm. What does every magazine think or every book or every blog? Nope. When your goal is to learn what works for you, you naturally start to realize that what works for somebody else isn't part of the equation in you figuring it out for you. 
When I'm paying attention to what workouts give me the best results versus what workouts make me feel more hungry or what workouts increase my strength the fastest, what doesn't matter is that the girl next to me at the gym is leaner than I am or stronger than I am or I'm stronger than she is, right? What doesn't matter when I'm really trying to figure out what makes me feel my best is what people are thinking when I sprint across the turf. This is my journey. And the time, energy, and focus I have is limited. And I will not throw away that precious time, energy, and focus by comparing myself to other people. There are people who are fitter than I am, faster than I am. There are people who are slower than I am, bigger than I am. So what? It's not about them. It's about me. And comparison is a terrible use of my energy. It doesn't get me anywhere. I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, and I certainly talk about it often to my clients. One thing I remind myself of very frequently is that I am a candle person. I am not a cake person. And this cake and candle um, distinction relates to how you see the world. Cake people feel that there is a fixed amount of success or wonderfulness or happiness, right? So if you see a fit girl at the gym, then you're thinking, if she's having more success, then I have to have less. If you see somebody who is getting more results, losing more weight, say, than you are, then that's not fair. That took something from you and we feel defensive and jealous because in some way, this other person's success has taken something from what we can achieve or threatened me because there's not enough to go around. Candle people, on the other hand, don't view all the success or all of the wonderfulness as this fixed amount like a cake, but as a candle. I have my light, you have yours. We can share our light with someone who doesn't have any. And not only do I not lose my light, I don't lose my flame in the process. I still have it. But now you have it too. And the entire space is brighter because we shared. So if you have a bright light, awesome. That lights the way for all of us and in no way takes away from my light. So I'll challenge you every single day when you start to feel defensive or comparison, you are a candle person. Do not be a cake person. Then the sixth anti-diet strategy is that I learned to stop listening to myself and start talking to myself. And if you're thinking that this one's a little woo-woo, then this is the one that you need to pay most attention to. This one has a lot to do with number two, no bashing, but it's, it's a little bit deeper than that. I used to be dragged around by my thoughts. I'm tired. I'm fat. I'm never going to get there. I'm not making enough progress. How long is this going to take? Will I ever get there? Can I do it? What if I don't? I want Mexican food. But here's what I've learned. I am not the thought. I am the thinker. You are not your thoughts. You are the thinker and therefore you are in control. If I think I'm so stressed and so overwhelmed then I get all worked up and I'm, I'm in that place. Oh my gosh, I'm stressed and I overwhelmed, right? But when you understand and when I understand that we all have the power to stop listening to ourselves and start talking to ourselves, when we understand that we're not the thought, we are the thinker, we can change our thoughts and immediately stop feeling stressed and overwhelmed. I'll give you just one example with the stress thing. It's easy for me to 
allow my thoughts to carry me away and just believe the thoughts. I am the thoughts. I am the thoughts, right? I'm so overwhelmed with work. I have to respond to emails. I have 25 things that need to be done today. But I am the thinker. I am not the thought. And I won't be dragged around by my conscious or my subconscious mind. I am the thinker. So in that moment when I'm thinking, I'm so stressed, I'm so overwhelmed, I've got 25 million things I need to do today and my inbox is blowing up, I am the thinker. So I can say, Elizabeth, what absolutely must be done today? Like what is catastrophic if it isn't done by tomorrow? Honestly, none of it. Now, there are repercussions. If a podcast doesn't go up on Saturday morning, people are going to email. I would be disappointed in myself because I, it's a standard that I set, but it's a standard that I set. And even if I worked for somebody else, is the company going to go under if this thing doesn't get done? No, it doesn't mean I shouldn't do it, but also don't tell yourself, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. I have to do all of this stuff. Like worst case scenario, Everything will still be fine if it doesn't get done, right? So I was able to say, okay, the podcast is the most time sensitive. What would happen if that's the only thing that happens today? Honestly, I would wake up the next day and everything would be fine. I'd still have a huge list of things to do, but like, would anything catastrophic happen? No, I am the thinker. I am not the thoughts of, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. No, that's the thought. I'm the thinker. Do the podcast, then reevaluate. So I did the podcast. Then I got done five or six more of the 25 things, which is certainly more than I would have gotten done if I had just been perseverating on all 25 and getting caught up in my thoughts. And this applies to your thoughts about your goals or your body or your fitness or your energy. I used to generate a lot of stress thinking about what I would eat, how much, how much control I would have, how quickly I'd lose the weight. What if I didn't? What would people think? What would I wear? But those thoughts don't need to control me. I am the thinker. I've learned to redirect my power by, by learning to talk to myself instead of just listening to myself. So when I experience those moments of what I describe as the Tasmanian devil thinking like, everything has to happen right now. What can I do just for today? Is there anything I can do right now to move forward? What is the most important thing I can do right now? What can I do just for this one day? Is there anything at all that I can do right now to move in that direction? Great, do that thing and then move along. That is the power of learning to stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. The seventh anti-diet strategy I wanna share is really, again, based on what works for me from a food perspective. So number seven is high on veggies, moderate on fat and protein, slow on starch and sugar. I don't follow a high protein diet or a low carb diet or a high fat diet. My diet is vegetables. And then I focus on whole foods, eating a moderate amount of my favorite fats and my favorite proteins. So I really focus the First food rule is the one I mentioned earlier, which is what do I really love and enjoy? I don't eat vegetables that I don't like. I eat vegetables that I really love and enjoy, and I prepare them in a way that I love and enjoy. I am not on a high-protein diet or a low-protein diet. I am not on a high-fat or a low-fat diet. I am not on a high-carb or a low-carb diet. My food principles are 
veggies for volume and hormones, right? Because those cruciferous vegetables that I talk about all the time, the broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage, things like that, they are really good for hormone balance, for estrogen detoxification, which is important for me. They also help me feel very satisfied. So they add a lot of volume to my meals. I am somebody, if I go to a restaurant and you bring me a rinky-dink salad that's like a tiny plate with a handful of lettuce and a piece of chicken, I'm bummed, right? Give me all the veggies because that's what I enjoy and it keeps me satisfied for a long time. I focus on whole foods, not things that are processed or that come in a bag or a box. And when I'm looking at fat, I'm not thinking high-low. When I'm looking at protein, I'm not thinking high-low. I'm thinking, what are whole food fats? What are whole food proteins that I enjoy the most? Things like avocado, almonds, macadamia nuts, coconut, whole-fat Greek yogurt, salmon, haddock, cod, bison, eggs, beef, chicken thighs. Those are the things that I enjoy the most. I don't meal plan. I don't really food prep. That doesn't mean you shouldn't, but you need to pay attention to what works for you. What I'm going to do in the show notes is link to the episodes that I've done specifically on concrete food examples, right? The fat loss breakfast episode, the paleo lunch ideas episode, the snack ideas episode, um, Thursday's episode on on, um, fat loss summer meals, and also um, remind you guys that if you get on the VIP list, you get those 100 fat loss meal ideas sent to you via PDF. Because I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't know what foods I love love me back. I don't know how to start eating for fat loss and paying attention to my body. And there's tons of resources that I've put out for that. So I will link to those over in the show notes. And speaking of food, one quick thing before I tell you what I ate yesterday, I want to remind you guys about uh, these um, motivational mantra lock screens or phone wallpapers that I created. They're totally free. They are blowing up. And I want you to know that I've added a bunch more at your request. People that have downloaded them and said, oh, I really wanted to say this or that, you know, just for today, I can do hard things. Um, All of those are totally free. I've added more in the past few days and I will continue to based on your feedback. You can, I will link to them in the show notes or if you're in the US and you want to get them via text message, just text the phrase, my mantra, one word, no space, my mantra, M-Y-M-A-N-T-R-A to the number 33444. So you just text the word, my mantra to the number 33444, or you can go to the show notes for today's episode and I will link it up there as well. What I ate yesterday, um, coffee, because I love coffee and coffee loves me back. After my workout, I had Brussels sprouts with bacon and eggs, and then dinner, oh, dinner was good. I had a bunch of veggies from the farmer's market, including an ear of fresh corn. I don't eat a lot of corn, but I do love it. Um, And so I cut the corn off the cob and just sort of sauteed it in a little bit of butter and salt and put it on top of a salad with tomatoes and cucumber and avocado uh, and some of those leftover chicken thighs that I Um, had sitting for about a day in a marinade of basil and garlic and cashews and MCT oil because I ran out of olive oil. So I hope you guys found this episode helpful and I hope that it motivates you to establish your top anti-diet strategies for the life and the body you want. Talk to you soon. Are you ready To move beyond listening and learning and really change your life, really live into your highest potential instead of just wishing for it and hoping something clicks, 
I want to do that with you. And that's why this fall, I'm hosting the first ever Primal Potential Women's Transformation Weekend, Ascend, in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th. It will be a small group, but you can get your ticket and learn all the details at primalpotential.com forward slash ascend or by listening to episode 203 of the Primal Potential podcast. Here's what I know. Ascend will change your life and I would love to have you join me. See you this fall. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. At LensCrafters, we value expertly tailored eye care, provide state-of-the-art eye exams, offer a wide assortment of designer brands and high-quality lenses, because everything we do at LensCrafters is for every site that makes your life special. We offer 50% off lenses with frame purchase, shop in-store and online. Book your annual eye exam now on LensCrafters.com. LensCrafters, because sight. Eye exams are available at the Independent Doctor of Optometry at or next to LensCrafters. Doctors in some states are employed by LensCrafters. Offer valid to April 2nd, 2023. See Associate for details.